We are realigning for this time. The alignment is with the Word of God. I've been preaching on the name of Jesus, which is the Word of God, and uh, the power of it. We've talked about it from the standpoint of a power of attorney and the legal right and authority that it gives to us. We welcome everybody here today, and uh, I just pray that, that we can encourage you. It's really in my heart that people succeed. Amen. God wants us to succeed. I, I don't know where we came up with this idea that being broke, being depressed, being, you know, just, oh, I'm just humbled, hallelujah. No, God, God wants us to be victorious. If we go back and study the Old Testament, man, they didn't get excited when they were defeated. They didn't get excited when they escaped by the, you know, the hair of the chinny chin chin. They expected to win and go take spoils. That's, when, that, that, that's what made the enemies afraid of God. For some reason, we've got a, an 80% mentality that if we get 80% of our prayer, we're good. We, man, we, we ought to be looking at you know, Ephesians 3.20, that God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. So now, now just stop right there. Whatever you're asking, whatever you're thinking, put a demand on the exceeding abundantly. God, here's where I can release my faith. Now you make the spoils or you reveal your glory in it so that people can see I'll walk with you. Amen? Amen. All right, so we've been talking about the name of Jesus. I'm going to deviate a little bit from that today. And um, not that I'm deviating from the name of Jesus. I'm coming at it from a different angle. And it's, it's more in the practicality. We have an enemy. Do you know that? The devil don't want you to succeed. Okay, so, so we, could, we could talk about the victory. We could talk about our authority. But if we eliminate the element that we have an adversary, then we're going to get messed up when something starts looking a little bit hard, difficult, not going the way that we want. So I'm going to tie in here. I'm still talking about the name of Jesus, but I'm not going to focus so much of the power of his name, but, but more how the, the enemy tries to, to defeat us. He wants to keep us under. You say, well, pastor, what does he want to keep us under? Anything he can. Doesn't matter if it's addiction. Doesn't matter if it's depression. Doesn't matter if it's sickness and disease. He just wants us under. Pressure. Have you ever heard the term, I'm under so much pressure? Amen. Why are you under it? That's right. I, I, you had to crawl down there. <laughs> why, why don't we say, I'm standing against so much pressure? Meaning, I'm not going to submit myself to the pressure. I'm resisting it. And it may be a real fight. I mean, you may be really going through it, but don't get under it. Because right. now it has dominion over you. And the pressure, which we get under, is going to start dictating what you do. And do you know what most people do when they get under pressure? They quit. They, they, they look for a way to maneuver out from it just to get under the pressure. This is the one thing that really hurts my heart uh, because most people make decisions that are short-term. And the short-termedness of a decision is typically around how do I get out from under this pressure? And because they make the decision short-term, all they do is get under another pressure. And they never get out of this pressure cooker. Now, how do you, how do you beat that? Don't make a short-term decision. Make a long-term decision. 
how will this decision affect me in the next year, five years, 10 years? And the negative part of that is means I've got to fight today's pressure and I got to beat it so that I can make um, decisions that's not going to keep me in this cycle <coughs> of defeat, pressure, and wanting to give up. Amen. So um, uh, I'm going to, uh, we have power over the devil, but he wants to keep us under. And we need to recognize this. So if you got your Bibles, turn to John 10. Yes. John 10. Now, if you know me, you probably know what verse I'm going to also. Either that or you just read it up on the screen. Uh, since they're quick back there on the draw. draw. Um, I love this verse. I quote it many, uh, very often. The thief cometh not, or the thief does not show up, except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Why does the thief show up? To steal, to kill, and to destroy. Now, is there anything good about any one of those three things? So, let's read the rest of the verse. But I have come, Jesus speaking, that you may have life and have it more abundantly. So now we've got two systems here. We have a system of kill, steal, and destroy. And we have a system of life more abundantly. Now you and I, in this life more abundantly, I've been talking about it on the power of attorney and the name of Jesus and how we can use it. God wants you and I to win. He says he is a good father. Good things come from him. That, and, and all these things about his love for us. I have come, Jesus says, that you might have. So now his, his position within this is that you, say that's me, that's me, might have. Okay? If I can use that verbiage on the other side, the thief comes so that you might have not. Okay, so now, now this, this may seem like, well, duh, move on. But do you know how often God gets blamed for a kill, steal, or destroy? Yeah. I mean, you, you probably heard Christians say when like a young person died, well, God just needed them in heaven. They just accused God of murder. Why does God get blamed for things when Jesus said, I have come that you might have? Okay, what is it that he wants me to have? He wants me to have life more abundantly. Okay, but then we go through things and we say, I don't know why God is allowing this to happen. You're walking through something tough. Wait, wait a minute. The thief only comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Nowhere can we find in the Bible that God came to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus came that we might have, not have theft, not have destruction, not have death, but that we might have life and life more abundantly. So now in this two system, my, my number one uh, or my first point on the devil's strategy is to blame God. 
And Christians do this all the time. We go through something horrendous. Well, well God, God's just trying to teach me something. God doesn't teach with kill, still, and destroy. Amen. He teach, we can go through the Word of God. He teaches with the Word of God. He teaches with the Spirit of God. He teaches with teachers of God. Nowhere in the Bible can you find that He teaches with death, destruction, or hardship. Now, He will let us walk through the valley of the shadow of death to, see, to reveal what is in our heart, but He's not concerned about the valley of the shadow of death. It's no big deal for him. He leads me in paths of righteousness. Yea, so I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for thy rod and thy staff are with me. He prepares the table before me in the presence of my enemy. He's not concerned about your enemies. He's not concerned about the valley of the shadow of death because it has no power over him. And if you're walking within him, it has no power over you. He didn't come to kill, stone, and destroy. We can go back to the Israelites coming out of Egypt, and he took them the long way to show them what was in their heart. He didn't take them the easy way. I've never got, figured uh, out why not. I like easy. And, uh, but God doesn't lead the easy way. But he never tries to teach us with something bad. But we blame him. Why is God allowing me to go through this? How come God hasn't answered my prayer? Uh, look what God, well, God just needed them in heaven. Well, I mean, we say all these things that are against God. And let me think here. It seems like there's another verse that says something about not using his name in vain. Hmm. That might fall under that category. Praise the Lord. Don't just stare at me. Now, now, we've been given a name to deal with all these things, and we've been talking about that. So I have a name to walk in the authority and over everything. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. I've been given a name that I can use to conquer everything that would come against me. Now, now one of the things we don't like is this puts responsibility on me. I want to just live a Christian life to say, God, take care of everything. But he says, I've given you a name. I've defeated everything. I've given you a name, so now you occupy in what I did. Jesus conquered death, hell, and the grave. Now no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Now greater is he that is in me than he that stands before me. What am I going to do in that? Let's go to the book of 1 Peter. I love the book of 1 Peter. Of course, I love the Bible, so I can probably say that about everywhere I go. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6. Humble yourself. Okay, now that's an act that you have to do, that I have to do. Therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Verse 7, casting all your cares upon him, for he careth for you. Now, my, my devil's strategy number two is to get you to, to carry the weight of life. Do you know Christians are really good at doing this? In fact, most Christians who carry the weight of life know this verse. And, you know, and they'll go through something like, well, I'm casting it over on God. But then they forget. They reel it back. You know, they're, they're fly fishermen. I'm going to cast it again. And then I'll reel it back to me. And then I'm going to cast it again. And then I'm going to reel it back to me. Quit carrying life. Jesus said, I have come that you might have. Now, now wait a minute. He came that you might have. So obviously he's prepared so you can have. Yeah. 
But if you carry life on your shoulders, now you're under something. We could go to Second, uh, second uh, Peter chapter one verse three. In fact, we're no, we're not Second Peter. Um, yeah, Second Peter chapter one verse three, and it says, "I have given you all things pertaining to life and godliness." So what are you missing? Oh, well, well, I'm missing this and and I'm going through that. No, he's given it to you. He's given you a power of attorney in his name. He's given you the ability to walk in it. But what we do is we get more focused on what we're going through than what he's done for us. And when we focus on what we're going through, we start carrying the weight of it. And then we subsequently start trying to calculate the answer to get out of it. But the weapons of our warfare are not carnal or natural. We don't look to the world system to deliver us out of. We look to, the, to, to God, the spiritual system. They're not carnal, but powerful. They're mighty to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down every thought and imagination that exalts itself, uh, uh, that exalts itself above Christ. So Christ said, the word of God says this as a promise. I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And then we look at this problem and we start can't, oh, do you know what this problem is going to mean? And it, what it's going to do and how it's making me feel? David had a lot of problems. I'm, I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about the guy in the Bible. <laughs> David had a lot of problems. He had people come against him. He just stood up and fight and won. He didn't every time a problem come up, go and pray and say, Lord, you know, he, he's got a lot of prayers. But like we see when he walks into a Goli- the, the camp of Israel and Goliath, uh, what's the promise of killing this guy? I'll go do it. We don't see him praying about it, fasting about it. Well, let me get direction on God, whether, whether I should do this or, or not do this. Yeah, I'll go kill him. Now tell me again, what, what do I get if I kill him? Yeah, I'll do it. How did he know he had the power? Because when he went to Goliath, number one, he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Which meant, who is this person without a covenant with God? I have a covenant with God. And then the second thing he says, I come to you, you come to me with sword and spear, but I come to you in the name of the God of Israel. He knew where he stood. Now, this this goes back into the power of the name that's been given to us. And many times we fail as Christians. We like to carry loads. We like to blame God for not doing the things the way that, that we think we should be doing. So verse seven says, casting all your care upon him for he careth for you. Verse eight says, be sober, be vigilant. Now. Do you ever notice how distracted people are? Be sober, be vigilant. Now, I'm a person, I work on, what. number one, I've got a good peripheral vision, and, and I practice it. I, I, I pay attention to things that are going, uh, I can still, I can still look straight, I can still see my hands, I can still see my hands, kind of like right there, I can see like about that range. And I practice it when I'm walking around and I'm doing things. I'm paying attention to what goes on around me for just safety reasons. I don't want somebody sneaking up on me. The other day it happened. I really got after myself. I went to go get some Chinese food for lunch. And I was walking back out to the car. And, uh, um, I, you know, and I always, I'm always paying attention to what's around me. And I walk up to the, uh, the driver's side of the car door. And I no more get the door unlocked. And somebody came around the the back of the car up toward me. Now, 
They weren't doing anything wrong. They were just going to get on the passenger side of their car that was parked against me. But it caught my attention and I turned around and I'm thinking, how in the world did they get there without me seeing them? Because I never saw them in the parking lot. I have no idea where they came from. That bothers me. Because I want to pay attention to everything. But the Bible says to that you and I are supposed to be sober. We're supposed to be vigilant. Meaning that if we're going to walk in the Spirit, if we're going to walk in the favor of God that we're talking about, if we're going to walk knowing that we have uses of His name, we need to start looking at the scheming processes of Satan that would try to get into our lives. So that we catch them up front. Things should not take us by surprise. In fact, I just recently started, there's a, a scripture in Isaiah uh, that talks about that God will be our rear guard. I've started p- praying that. Lord, you're my rear guard. Nobody sneaks up behind me. Uh, uh, I hear him, I see him, something happens, but nobody sneaks up on me because I have angels around me. They protect me, they keep me. And, and then I, I put myself into the equation. I pay attention to what's going on around me. Now, that does not give you permission to try to hide and jump out at me. (laughs) All right, verse 8. Be sober, be vigilant. Oh, devil strategy number three. He wants you distracted. He wants you caught up in everything going on so that he can... can, It's like why we keep pressing on stepping over this little uh, wall out there because the person that got hurt, they're on their phone. Broke parts of their wrist or arm or hand or something like that. They were distracted. You don't want to be distracted. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Now, the context here that Peter uses is like a lion. You ever watch National Geographics? The, The lion could be looking at a whole herd of animals, but it will zero in on the one that it thinks it can get. And when it goes into pursuit, it will run two or three feet from another animal, but not get its eyes off of the one that it fills. And typically it goes after the weak one, the sick one, you know, the one that's separated from the herd, something like that. And, and, and it gets focused in the devil. Peter says that the, this is how the devil operates and his little demon. They walk around and see who's distracted. Who's not paying attention to what's going on around them? Because they've left the door open in their life that he can come in and kill, steal, and destroy. That's why he shows up. And so we have to, in this spiritual walk, we have to keep ourselves vigilant and sober. We've got to keep ourselves paying attention to what is going on in our life and the different things of where something could come in and... and, um, and do damage. So, so what they keep talking about here in California, that the power grid is like on its last leg. Y'all heard that story? That it could go down. And then on the other hand, they try to push everybody to get on electric items. Let's put more demand on that which is about to break down. Okay, so the, the outcome of that is not very good. So you could see where possibly that something could happen and the electricity go out. So I, w- I had Daryl wire my house and put in so I could put a generator in so that we can keep the freezers on and the different things that needs to run in the house. What is that? Paying attention. Something could come up and I, I, I can see, see, it's, it's when the electricity goes out, that's not the time to, to try to put an answer together. Yeah. 
Okay, uh, we uh, because of the supply chains and different things like that, I've told our whole family, don't let your car go under a half a tank of gas. Why? That's just smart. If you can't get the gas, at least you got a half a tank to now readjust and something like that. What is it? It's just paying attention to what's going on in the world. If you were alive in 2020, you may want some extra toilet paper. It's just paying attention to what's going on. And, uh, um, you know, you guys all remember that that went on, obviously. And so, so but spiritually, we, we need to pay attention also. If, if, if they start talking that the flu's going around, well, I should start building up my immunity. Spiritually. It shall not come near me. They're saying that crimes are, are going on, you know, more so than what we're hearing about. I would pay attention when if you're walking through. I don't find myself in malls very often, but if you're walking around a mall parking lot or or you're carrying bags or something like that, I would be very diligent on what's going on. And so but spiritually here, he tells us. Uh, and Satan wants us to be distracted, but we don't have to be. Verse 9, or did I re- finish? Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith. So now I, I start seeing my responsibility is remember, he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus come to give life. I've got to stay in life and resist. That which is coming against me, how do I resist it? I resist it in faith. Where does faith come in? Romans 10, 17. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I believe what the word of God says. And so I start aligning, realigning for this time. I start aligning myself with the word of God so that I can walk in it. Too many of us Christians are just walking around in life doing stuff, hoping it will get better. And then when we get into a mess, we start asking God to deliver us from the mess. I saw a uh, meme the other day, and there's a, a male lion out in Africa, you know, someplace uh, laying down asleep. And, you know, it's looking this way. And on the backside of it, it's a monkey with a stick. Uh, you know, I'm sure it was Photoshopped, you know, getting ready to hit the lion. And um, the caption says, uh, bad things happen. Sometimes they happen because we're stupid. Okay, that monkey was being stupid. He's probably going to be his last day on earth because he's just doing something stupid. You and I have got to pay attention to what is going on in our life and walking in um, the success. If we go back to the book of Proverbs, we can start uh, studying uh, about it that um, uh, it, in, in the book of Proverbs, I'm going to paraphrase the verse. It says that you need to know the state of your flocks. In other words, you don't just sit in your house, let your, 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 your cows, your sheep, your whatever your flocks are, uh, get sick and let something roam through them all and just kill them all. And then wake up one morning and say, wow, half of my, flo- my, my cattle are dead. Well, I wonder what happened. No, you've got to pay attention to it. If you ever watch Shark Tank, they get out there and, you know, the five sharks or whatever it is, uh, somebody gets up there and they don't know their numbers. Oh, you know it's coming. You've got to know your numbers. 
If you don't know your numbers, how are you going to do this? Well, you know, I don't know. Maybe we did about this. No, 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 no. You got to know your numbers. Do you know your numbers? I mean, if you had to sit down and give an account, or just think about when you went in and got a loan, a car, or something like that, and they started asking you questions. They wanted to know your numbers. Uh, uh, I got a. Uh, I'm dating myself here. Is J.C. Penney still around? Okay. I got a J.C. Penney card. Okay. How much you owe on it? Uh, I don't know. How much you make? Uh, do you know how many people don't know how much they make? Uh, I don't know. Or you go to your taxes, and the tax guy says, uh, you owe $7,000. How much do you have taken out of your check? Uh, I don't know. How much cash you got in the bank? Uh... I don't know. But you go out and buy stuff. And you know how much cash you got in the bank. Yeah. Let me just get back to my message here. Wrap this thing up. What was that, verse 9? We've got to resist in faith. But you've got to know where you're at to resist. Where's your battles at? Where can your battles possibly come in? Knowing the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren. But the God of all grace, who has called us to eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that you have suffered for a while, make you perfect, established, strengthened, and settle you. Uh, maturity, being established, being strengthened, and being settled is an act of grace. This is where a lot of people are messed up because they think that grace is just salvation and they have everything now. But, but we grow in grace understanding how to use what God has given us to use. Now, remember, there's two systems. So let's go to, we'll close up here, 1 Samuel chapter 30. Amen. 1 Samuel chapter 30. All right. I love this chapter. And it came to pass, verse 1, when David and his men were come uh, to Ziklag on the third day, that the Amalekites had invaded the south of Ziklag and smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken the women captive and, there, and were therein. They slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. So David and his men came to the city and behold, it was burned with fire and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept for they have no power for they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives were taken captives, uh, their names, uh, and verse 6, And David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him. Satan's strategy number four, get you into your feelings. They all got in their feelings. Now, we could say they had a legitimate right to get into their feelings. Uh, they just came back, and they uh, um, had been attacked, and everything was taken. But their feelings wasn't going to get them out of it. The thief came. He didn't kill, but he stole, destroyed what they had. They burned it with fire. And now all their feelings are welling up. They want to kill their leader. They want to just sit around and cry. Because the soul of all the people is grieved, every man for his son and for his daughter. David but David encouraged himself in the Lord. So how to not stay under? Your, your feelings are going to want to get you under, and Satan wants to get you in your feelings. 
You're going to have to resist that in faith. Remember, the thief only comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but Jesus has come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. How you and I function in this day is going to determine what we walk in in this day. And David said unto Abathar the priest, uh, I pray thee, uh, bring me hither the ephod. And he inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake him? And he answered, said, Pursue. So going back to 1 Peter, we have to be sober and vigilant. Now, David probably never thought about it before, but had he thought about it, it probably would have been a smart strategy to leave some guys back at the camp and protect it should somebody come. Do you think after this, David kind of changed his personal security? I would think so, because we don't ever read of it happening again. How often do we look at what the world's going on, and we just live in the same way we left, uh, lived yesterday, but there's new dynamics going on. If we don't understand the power of this name and we don't take a personal responsibility in our lives to, to walk in and to resist, Satan is looking for whom he may devour. He's looking for who's distracted, who's not paying attention. Where can I come in from the side? He couldn't come and attack David to head on. David had just rose up and fought him. So he came in from the side, something they never thought about. God, give me wisdom. How do I walk in this last day? I want to walk in your favor. I want to walk in your understanding. Uh, people are walking into things. My, my exhortation on the eldership number, people are trying to make decisions in things they have no understanding of. Get smart and don't do that. If you don't know how, just realize you don't know how. We were, we were joking uh, the other day. We were sitting around talking after the wedding and how people uh, have learned. Somebody said something about something. It's like, oh, where'd you learn to do that? And they said, you too. I said, yeah, we're getting to a day now when you go in for surgery. You ask the doctor, uh, he said, well, okay, we're going to take your dumaflage out. Um, this is what's going to happen. What school did you go to? Oh, I got it off YouTube. <laughs> we we, we, we got to start paying attention to things that are going on. So... Um, our life. Put the last slide up. I, I, I put these things down. I want to make sure I hit everyone. I know two of them I didn't. Satan's strategies. Blame God. Don't ever blame God. God is a good God. If you're walking through something, it could be a, one of a, a few reasons. Uh, stupid does have a penalty. And, and don't think you've never been stupid. We've all been stupid. We made a decision of something we didn't know about. We tried to fix something that we don't understand. Um, it, we might be walking through it because of our stupid decision. We might be walking through it just because we live in a fallen world and there's stuff that we have to deal with, but God's given us authority over it. And we had to we not blame God, but uh, just walk in the power of his word. Number two, um, the devil wants to get us to carry the problems. This is a big problem with Christians. Stop carrying stuff, especially the stuff that Jesus paid the price for. You may be uncomfortable. You may be feeling something in your body. You may be struggling with something, but God has given us an answer to it. Number three is uh, the enemy wants to keep us distracted. You're, this is something only you can control. Start paying attention to your life. Start thinking about what you're getting ready to do. I remember I was talking to a person one time, and, and they, uh, no, actually, I'll tell you a story about me. 
um, we had a situation uh, at the recovery home one time and um, they'd called the police. So we knew the police were on the way over. And uh, there was a, a guy that was talking to me, uh, the incident related to his nephew. And um, this guy was a contractor. I mean, he had some pretty good arms on him. And I saw him, I'm standing here and he's standing there and I'm talking to him. And I saw him double his fist. He's getting ready to clock me. And I, I looked him straight in the eyes. I said, stop and think. You don't want to do that. Because the police are on the way. They, they're the ones that called them. You, you slug on me, you're going to jail. You're a professional. You have a career. You have, you know, assets. There we go. I'm not stupid. I said, stop. Think. You don't want to do that. And his hand loosened. And uh, he says, yeah, I don't want to do that. And he turned around and walked out and sat on his truck until the police officers come. The decision, if he had made that decision, I probably wouldn't have sued him because um, I don't do that. But um, he probably would have got arrested if he hit me. That I would press charges on. But if, he, if it was somebody else that, that looks for deep pockets on something, his whole life is now at jeopardy because of one decision in one moment. We, we, we've got to pay attention. We've got to pay attention. Don't get into your feelings. Uh, same story with this guy. He was getting into his feeling. He was smarter than this. Uh, he was a professional and everything. But, but he was feeling a certain way because of the circumstances that was going on. He didn't like it. Now, we, we have emotions. We are emotional beings. Uh, there's things that we are going to uh, encounter that's going to bring up. But what the, and so let me just kind of explain this real quick. Where the enemy wants us to get into our emotions is to where our emotions lead us. Now, he could, this man that I was talking about, he could be totally irritated at the whole system. His feelings could, but don't let your feelings dictate what you're going to do next. We have to be moved by the Word of God. We have to do what the Word of God says. Um, deception I didn't deal with, but that deception is just believing something that's not true. The enemy, uh, and you look, just look around today, a lot of people believe a lot of things that are not true. And, uh, and they, they really believe them. I mean, 100%, they believe them. And so uh, somebody I heard the other day, uh, a story about me, I said something, and they took it this way, and they believed that I said something else that I didn't say. Now, I don't know how in the world they got there because I didn't say it, but they really believed it. So, so make sure that you're dealing with the truth of the matter and not the feeling of the matter and then the last one, which is a very, very big one, is the enemy wants you to focus on yourself. You know, Zig Ziglar once said, uh, he was a Christian man, but he was a motivational uh, speaker, that if you help enough people get what they want, you will always have what you want. It's a powerful statement. Yes, it is. Don't focus on yourself. How do I help others? If you, if you can master this one, Number one, you won't carry the weight of your life. It'll help you get through that. Uh, it will help you not be distracted because you're looking out for other people and trying to help them. Uh, it will keep you out of your feelings and, uh, and it will help you in so many ways. But most people's lives are centered around them. They are the, the center of the universe and what they are going through. And God wants us to walk in these last days where our light shines and people sees our life. He wants us successful. He wants us at peace. Let's all stand.
He wants us to, the, that things are flowing to us, not flowing away from us. He wants us to stand against the evil uh, of the day. And so we've got to come to this place where we are walking in the things of God. Amen? Amen. Well, praise the Lord. I've delivered what was on my heart. I hope you received it. This last day is going to be critical. It's going to be crit This year is going to be goofy. Right, it's already started out kind of goofy, and I think it's going to get goofier. And, uh, and we're coming into the silly season where everybody's going to dress up in this goofy suit, saying goofy things. And, uh, and we got to know what's God. And we can't live in the pressure of the day. We can't get under. Satan wants us under. And, he, and we all, you know, Paul talks about the sin that so easily besets us. That's where Satan's going to target, to get us under and try to fix life. Fix life with the Word of God. Mm -hmm. Be confident in the Word of God. Don't let, the, don't let anything get you off the Word of God. It's the answer for all of life's problems. And it doesn't matter how serious it is. There's an answer for it. And if we can walk in the things of God, we can walk in victory in all things. Amen? Amen. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for this day.